Sessionable. Welcome everyone to Sessionable. And welcome one and all. Welcome one and all. Um, Tom, it's your final warning. I'm walking out <laughs> after this one. Um, season's greetings, everybody. <laughs> it was the Happy episode holiday. before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except for all five of us. Beer nerds. Plus my housemate Will <laughs> drinking awesome beer. Yeah. It's the first time in a little while we've all been in the same... So. Yeah. It's good. It has yeah, been a while. Yeah. Well, except for the live episode, so it hasn't really been a while. That was a while ago. That was like two months ago. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's, a, that's yeah. A, I'd, I'd call that a while. Yeah. Um, if you've never listened to a Sessionable Christmas episode, be warned. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is <laughs> going to go on a while. Warning, yeah. Yeah. It's going to go on a while, and, and compared to other episodes, we don't have like that stricter um, uh, topic sheet, which, if you have listened to other episodes... That should give you some kind of idea of just yeah. how loose this is going to be. It's even more we're loose usually than loose. usual. <laughs> this is even more loose. Um, but it, it is one of our favourite episodes of the year, I think. Because yeah. um, it does give us a chance to drink a lot of awesome beer and kind of just talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think generally speaking, we're going to talk about like the, the year that's just passed, 2016, which I think we can say in terms of general world... Events was a shit year, but in terms of in beer, terms of beer it's, been, it's been really good. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, I think yeah. we have a lot to talk about. We do. I think you can feel privileged the fact that so far we've lasted the year. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just like yeah. in, in life. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? We still exist, yeah. which is good. Um, so take thanks for that. Yeah, it's so kind of like a Thanksgiving episode, I guess. Like you know, except that it's 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 maybe maybe not a Thanksgiving. Maybe it's an episode where we we give thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sure. Great. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Top notch podcast in there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, you just retire for the rest of this. Uh, so All right, I'm we, out, guys. We got it, we got it from here. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. cool. Hey, one thing we should give thanks to is uh, Dave's Brewery Tours, <laughs> our sponsor. Segway Man. Smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so this year we've been sponsored, which is fucking great. Uh, you might have noticed more episodes from us than the usual three per year. So, yeah, uh, big thanks to Dave's Brewery Tours uh, for supporting us. Um, and if you like our podcast, please support them um, and, and Liam because he works for Dave's Brewery Tours yeah. and Liam's awesome. Help me pay my rent. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I think, yeah, you know, it's Christmas time. It's gift giving time. It's nothing better to give than a good old gift voucher to go on a brewery tour. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. I, okay. I know I'd be pretty keen on a brewery tour. Do right, yeah, and I work at a brewery, yeah, so yeah. you know. I think we're fortunate enough not to have to pay to hang out with Liam, but you know, because my rates. Unfortunately uh, yeah. for you guys, you have to pay, so yeah. you know. But hey, like <laughs> as a guy to hang out with, he's 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 worth it. He is Mr. Craft Beer. Yeah, he so. is indeed Mr. Craft Beer. Yeah. Actually, I don't think all all four of us have been together to congratulate Liam on no, being uh, Mr. Craft yeah. Beer. We have, yeah, congratulations. So, congratulations. It's not been a shit year for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> There's been there's been some elections that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are never gonna let that one die. No, yeah. We're not. We're really not. Not not until Adrian gets elected next year as Mr. Craft Beer. Oh, but as soon as you lose it, it, as soon as you lose it, it will then be former Mr. Craft Beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Stale Craft Beer. Uh, yeah. Or is it is uh-huh. it like the US presidency where you're always called Mr. President even after you're no longer the president? Anyway, let's talk about this beer. <laughs> Right in front of us yeah. right now. So this um, is um, the Passion of the Puss. Uh, from Wayward. Oh, oh, probably, actually, I think technically known as Sour Puss. Uh, Passion Fruit Edition. Passion Fruit Edition. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but Passion of the Puss is a great name. I agree. 
Um, <laughs> Strictly uh, limited. Very Tom, limited. Tom, what do you have to be thankful of uh, in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck, thanks, Adrian. Um, uh, I got a new job. I work for Wayward now. Yeah. That's, um, so, so, so take everything I say about Wayward with a grain of salt. Wayward be you're allowed to bring on the podcast. <laughs> Props to Wayward for supplying us. You are now allowed to talk beer. about Bert again, though. So. I can talk about Bert? Yeah, you can. Mate, I'm thankful for Bert. Yeah. Oh, so. God. <laughs> this is going to be a long day. <laughs> Mate, we're starting this. We're already 45 minutes late starting this. That's, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so this, this is the... Yeah, so, it's a great beer. So this is the Sourpuss Passion Fruit Edition. Um, I think a lot of our listeners have probably tried Sourpuss, which is Wayward's uh, Raspberry Berliner Weiss. This time our brewers tried... Um, they made the same base beer, but instead of adding raspberries, they added passion fruit from our same supplier, and I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah, like, I really, I really love the regular sourpuss, but this is phenomenal. I, I had it last night for the first time, and it was super thick and cloudy. It seems to have cleared out a little bit since then. Yeah, so uh, like it's brewed with like full on proper passion fruit pulp, unlike non full on passion fruit pulp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It is super passion fruit. It's, it's got like, a lot of like, passion fruit. It, it, it's got it, it, more just, passion fruit than regular sourpuss has. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's. I like it. It's really good. You it's ex- like it's like a passion that gets you drunk. Yeah. You almost expect to see the seeds floating in it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> drinking like a sour Stonewood Pacific Ale or something. It, it is interesting to say that. Like the you know passion fruit as a as a tasting note has become a bit cliche. I think over the over the years it has. Whereas this actually does taste like passion fruit. This actually does taste it like passion taste like fruit. Hop. It tastes like passion fruit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's really good because I like passion fruit. And it's the latest in a series of top notch beers that have been coming out of that particular brewery this year. Yeah, things to be grateful for. No comment from my perspective. <laughs> has been having that brewery very close to home and uh, and really exciting that they keep bringing out new stuff on top of a very solid base. Lineup as well. Yeah, um, yeah. The Dad Rock is tasting really good at the moment as well. They've just done another uh, batch of that with Vermont yeast instead um, of the. Uh, I haven't had the latest one. Yeah, so yeah. it's a bit. It's kind of yeah on trend for yeah. for, for that as well. Is it on tap at the moment? Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. maybe I'll go yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, it's tasting good. So yeah, exciting stuff and uh, sweet. a brewery that's really grabbing Sydney by the balls. And now that now that Tom's on board, then it's only going to go from strength to strength. Yeah. <laughs> God, all right. <laughs> Pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, but Wayward's I mean, had a pretty, pretty hectic year, though, eh? Yeah. Been a lot. Yep, yep. A lot Absolutely. Good. And I think we should, regardless of my employment situation, um, I think we should, as a podcast, be very thankful for them, because they have yeah, I mean, they've, they've hosted us a few times. They've hosted us a few times. They yep. supplied beer, um, and they've supplied people to talk to us on the, on yeah. the on the podcast quite a few times. And they're all pretty awesome people there, so, yeah. yeah with, with, obviously, like, a, a notable exception, I think. Uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't say, don't talk to your boss about that. <laughs> it's a bit rough. He just gave you a job and you already, already shook him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think we can as, I mean, especially me, but I think as a podcast, we can be thankful for Wayward. Um, yeah. I, and I, I'm actually, I feel a bit uncomfortable because this, this, it feels a bit weird. Everyone's just staring at you. I know. Like, it's weird. I, no, 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 I agree. Like, we, we've been there like several times. It's one of our semi-regular recording venues. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. And a little hint, if you haven't done so already, sign up to the Friends of Wayward mailing list because they keep you updated with what's going on down at the brewery and the, what's going on at the cellar door. And yeah, they, I'm not even on that. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got some good... Yeah, I just recently signed specials, up for that. Yeah. Some good specials just for the for the Friends of Wayward as well. They, they're running a couple of Christmas parties uh, heading up to the uh, the big day. And, uh, yeah, you get little specials, like you can get free, free beers and stuff uh, if you 
show that you're a friend of Wayward. Cool. So yeah, do that. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, do we have any topics? We don't. We don't really we, have. We any. did not come up with. The, I think the idea for topics was that we're going to go around the circle and say what we're kind of yeah. happy about this this year, or or just a thought from this year. So something that uh, common trends and shit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I. Do, I mean, if no one else has had any, anything, yeah, I, go for it. Yep. Yeah, cool. I am pretty happy about this year's huge trend toward canned beer. Yes, which has been massive. Um, Everyone's doing them. Warhog a few weeks ago. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah. Um, Warhog, um, you've got Nomad doing a bunch of cool stuff. You've got... Doctor's Batch Orders a couple of days Doctor's ago Orders, launched yeah. his tonic, which is um, meant to be mixed with gin, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about that. Um, Batch have got their American Pale Ale in cans. Um, you've got a lot of stuff all over the country. Um, uh, as we talked about on the live episode, the Colonial cans with the, the full yes. rip-top lids. Yeah. There needs to be more rip-tops. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, Bet Spoke are doing those cans yeah. with the rip top. I was, was going to um, bring some Bet Spoke cans. Two yeah, Taco yeah. just came out in cans. Yeah, yeah. It's tasting yeah. really good. Mm. Yeah, um, Batch. I've got their American Pale yeah. yeah. cans. I think so said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's yeah. a lot coming out, and it seems it seems like every every two days there's a new brewery saying, "Oh yeah, we're canning too." Yeah, can't wait um, for Wayward to start canning. Uh, no, no. <laughs> That's where you enter, where, where you insert the crickets sound effect. Um, we, we just paid a lot of money for a bottling line. Yeah, so. no, we, we covered this in a couple, couple <laughs> yeah, of episodes ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, mean, we, I mean, we've obviously talked about the benefits of cans in episodes past. And um, I think it's awesome that this year it is actually, it seems to be taking off. It'd yep. be interesting to see how much it takes off from a market perspective. Um, is there room for all these cans? I yeah. think there is. And it's kind of been trending towards it anyway, even before this year. Like, you know, uh, Doris and Barrel's uh, Bit of Fuse second venue mm-hmm. opened up a year and a half ago, or no, two years ago now, and they went all cans from the get-go. So, you know, to I have even- to have a fully canned beer list for a kind of craft beer friendly bar is, uh, I thought it was an indication of where cans were. Yeah. yeah, but there were already certain bottle shops that had like whole fridges just dedicated to cans and stuff like that beforehand. So and even you yeah. look at the, the Royal Albert is is you know yeah, Nick I mean we're, we're, yeah we're can. we're moving to fully cans. Yeah, um, we're trying to we're we're like, like going to sell the rest of our bottle stock. That's and the, we're yeah, gonna go that's cans, so, so. I, I, I think. The other yeah. thing is, like, if you want to be thankful about cans, and you got to talk about the fact there's now like mobile canning lines running up and down the yeah, coast. Right. So that's where a lot of these breweries are getting to getting to put their cans out. Places like Batch and Nomad and Rocks and all these guys are you yeah. know using these mobile this mobile canning lines. So yeah, so we're getting to see cans popping up at a rate. You know, you can pretty much follow the route just by who's announcing who's just got a new beer in cans and stuff like that. It's so. interesting because we've it's been one of our favorite questions to brewers over the last twelve months, if not longer. You know, what what are your thoughts on cans? Are we going to see some cans coming from your brewery and almost all of them had this kind of almost nervousness as to how well cans would be accepted in the industry and you know would, would, would they be accepted in the way that bottles would and i don't know i find myself in in bottle shops now actually seeking out cans and looking for cans as opposed to the bottles and i wonder if that's a trend that you guys are noticing as well do you think people are actually specifically looking out for cans now i think craft conscious consumers understand the benefits of cans. this guy two weeks in sales he's got the terminology down craft conscious consumers come on (laughs) you taught me this terminology i've never ever said do not i've never ever said that phrase ever (laughs) (laughs) don't give me this bullshit (laughs) Um, but I think 
okay, I'll dumb it down then. <laughs> people, those who like us, fully sick beers, <laughs> people like us, we're going to bottle shops looking for the best possible beers. Uh, mostly understand the benefits that cans bring, which is you get a fresher beer uh, and uh, it's lighter, it's easy to drink. Um, you know all those benefits that we all know about. That is that is starting to you know penetrate the market. Which means that when you go to a bottle shop and you see the beer and you see batch American Pale Ale, for example, compared to American Pale Ale in a bottle, you're probably more likely, like someone like us, is more likely to buy the can. That's, you know, because the can we know is going to taste better at the end of the day because it does not let in all the bad shit. No, there is is some variables. So, like, if you're using a cannibal machine... And putting them into retail, you know, you're getting there's a lot of issues with oxidization and stuff 100%. like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I generally, personally, uh, as Tom would like to call me, uh, was it a craft conscious consumer? Um, <laughs> that, that is what I said. All right. I oh, like if you. I if I'm looking to have a like a single like a like a roadie or anything like that, I'll always go for the can yeah. over the over the bottle. Yeah, it's easier. I think it's more just a serving size thing as well. Uh, the pint can size is a is a good is a good walking beer. Um, but yeah, if it's a beer I'm going to have by myself, then definitely. Also, uh, so, so I think the new phrase is now "craft conscious traveler." Is is that it, Tom? Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if it's a beer I'm going to have by myself, I think I, I'd probably prefer a can over a bottle. So yeah, so I think that that's probably the biggest topic. Liam, do you, do you have? Uh... If we're talking about you know like uh, trends of the mm-hmm. of the year, the East Coast IPA. Yeah, so I think it's something I love, I love East Coast IPA. I do. Um, yeah. I love reading people's hateful comments about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part, of, part of it is that. That's <laughs> like, what makes it so good, but they're so bloody tasty. There's been some really yeah. good ones. Um, batch. Yeah, batch. Yeah. Um, my favorite uh, that you can get currently yeah. um, is the Nectar of the Hops by Willie the Boatman. And I know okay. Willie the Boatman's yeah. not always the most craft. No. Craft conscious consumers uh, brewery of choice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's gonna be the episode title. <laughs> Half conscious Christmas, um, but um, yeah. Look, Willie's um, the nectar of the hops is an awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. East Coast IPA. Like you mentioned it the other day, and I was like, I rate it. Yeah. I really rate it. And yeah, um, yeah. Joel is cracking out some pretty serious beers over yeah. there, and um, seeing how that beer changes over time yeah. and how it clears out sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome beer. Um, but yeah, batch. Um, what other East Coast IPAs? I mean, you know, you got Wayward now playing with uh, with English ale or Vermont ale yeast. Yep, yep. Um, you've got Garage Project did one this year yep. for the for that think. challenge. Quite controversially, yeah. Oh, well, for a that's... West Coast IPA challenge, they brewed an East Coast IPA. Good on them. I love, yeah. I, it's, I love yeah. that troll that, aspect yeah, of yeah, it. That's, like, that, that's what Garage Project yeah, does. It looks like my shitty homebrew. That's yeah. Totally, what like... <laughs> yeah. But no, mate, can you get your shitty homebrew to taste like that? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know because there haven't been a lot of Aussie examples of it. There's been a, obviously the notable example, and again, I'm trying to think. If there's anything else out of Sydney? Yeah, because we 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 obviously see the Sydney ones. It's probably worth mentioning as well that I think that style has been quite popular in in London for a while as well. Now, mm-hmm. oh, that cloud catching you brought it, you brought own, back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I didn't that try was that. Awesome. Oh, I was listening to the episode. Yeah. I was like, no, oh, no, no. I hate but, you all. But the London murky is a thing and has, has been growing in popularity. Is that a style? Yeah, yeah, yeah London, London murky. murky. I love it's, it. It's yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I actually like I all the all the Sydney examples that we've mentioned have been a bit tame. I think on the 
I mean, if you look, I mean, like, and I haven't had a chance to try many of the American styles, and mm-hmm. one I probably wouldn't want to unless I was over there because you know it's not a style that you want to hold on to, no. like any other, but more though, more so than like a, a West Coast style IPA. But um, I mean, if I've seen you know pictures of, of like you know like the treehouse ones, yeah, and, and the trillium, the, and yeah, the, and, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I that's that's kind of why I want a local brewer to just go all out with them. The 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 styles we've seen are not, you know, they are. They're hazy, but they're not like. I think at the same time, like the local brewers don't really have as much experience with them. No, as the enough. East Coast USA brewers. I guarantee the people you know, like Treehouse and Trillium, all that stuff. Sorry, weren't uh, weren't making those their first way around. Yeah, it's probably something they've worked up to. Absolutely, and there is some knowledge and you know yeast flocculation, all these weird technical things that happen that um you got to you know learn a bit about. And it's a pretty expensive style to experiment with because you're throwing a lot of things into it. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think um, you know, because I was uh, at Batch when they were when they did the first one, and they wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, but they were um, very clear to make you know to say that it's not like a real uh, cloudy of, of that you know Trillium yep. or Treehouse style. It's, it's just their take on it, like everything yep. they do. Um, but they had a lot of issues with uh, yeast propagation afterwards, not to do with the beer, but they about what, well, and they didn't know that if they'll be able to do it again. Because of the expense that went into the first one, yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty expensive experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But I would like to see someone here develop it. As much as I love, you know, West Coast IPAs and East Coast IPAs, especially when they're fresh. Do you guys think that uh, Australia should like develop a style that's unique to it? I mean, uh, uh, Pacific Ale excluded, which a lot of brewers make. Um, why why isn't there like an Australian IPA style? Because Australia's craft beer scene lives perpetually in the shadow of the totally of, yeah. of, of and, other and, international scenes. And it does, but why, why doesn't it why doesn't it develop its own style? I think it, mm. it, it has. I think we're still degree. developing our own style of, of pale ale first and we need to do yeah. that before we can develop our own style of IPA. And I totally disagree with Tom's uh, notion because I think over the last couple of years we are starting to develop our own styles. Um, Galaxy Forward yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pale ales is an Australian style that, that I would say is, you know, part of the movement towards an Australia and I, I think it is as well but I think it's still very underdeveloped like especially considering how long ago Stone and Wood started off it's still very kind of not a lot of people are making Galaxy Forward like you know Passion Fruit Forward well the thing is they've done it so well like if you do it you're just ripping off Stone and Wood so, yeah, but it's, it's that first maybe. step on, on, a, on the way to but, us evolving eluding a star but now like, legally it's fine to rip off Stone and Wood right is it not I mean it's but, not, but you can't you can't do it because you can't get Galaxy Hops so it's, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not just that Pacific Pale Ale style that I would define as an Australian Pale Ale style though I think an Australian Pale Ale is distinctly more bitter than an American Pale Ale style I think there is one it's just maybe not that i think it's more of a dry hopped pale ale than a than a bittering hop yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i think i think it's yeah. more in the it's more that true that tropical fruit yeah sort that's of exactly a... what i was going to say yeah, yeah, yeah the tropical fruits. and and liam what i was saying earlier with the that we are living in the shadow of i think i think that's i think that's still fair to say but we are slowly diverging but yeah for a long like if you look at the the way that our scene has developed it is absolutely following 
the way that the the US scene has developed. I think I it th- has been. I, mean, I think we're starting to cut our own path now. And I am I am very excited that yeah. that is that is starting to happen. But it, yeah. I think this might be the first year where that's actually started to happen. Uh, look, oh, we're yeah. we're a young industry, I know. man. Like, that's what's exciting. We're, it's baby great. steps. We're, we're, as long as we're heading in the right direction, I, I don't think we need to stress about the fact we don't have an Australian style no. IPA yet. No. I just let's just work. But I think we do it, have. You know? I do think we have an Australian style of pale ale, and I think that is somewhere between an American style pale ale and Stone and Wood. It's it, it exists somewhere between. Um, in that it is still a a, a bitter, robust pale ale. But it has more of those kind of fruity, tropical, um, new world hops, those southern uh, hemisphere hop characters. But I think like any style, it's not one set beer or thing. It, it evolves Absolutely over time. Not. If yeah. you look at like, you know, even like if you want to talk about West Coast IPAs or West Coast style IPAs, the fact that, you know, brewers are dropping out a lot of a lot of the crystal malts and those more, uh, you know, really having a drier, uh, higher attenuated um, you know, clear and a bit lighter in colour. And so that's, that's just a natural evolution of that style of beer. And every, the Australian Pale Ale, whatever that is and whatever it's going to be, will evolve over time as well. 100%. Um, and I just think, yeah, we are coming closer to figuring out exactly what our style is. Um, we, we're not there. We're still not there entirely yet, but it is, it is currently, like, two, three years ago, it was still completely up in the air. Like, Australian Pale Ale, when you said that, you meant Cooper's. Yeah. Um, whereas today you don't mean Coopers, you you know, but we're still figuring out what you mean. It, but I think that's there. one of the legacy Australian pale ales, and it's that was the Australian pale ale for a while. I, I, think, I think I think a lot of people still think Australian um, pale ale is Coopers. I think, Coopers. I think, I think Australian cra- pale ale will always be influenced by Coopers. But I think, I think the, but I think the craft conscious will think that it's the Stone Wood style. All right, <laughs> um, but I, but I do think Coopers will have an influence on what Australian pale is. I think Coopers already has yeah. already had as already has an or. Or will, will to some always, degree. Yeah. I think, you know, um, in the last episode, Adrian, you were talking to Jade from the Weedy and she mentioned, you know, they had lots of troubles when they opened because they had more than one pale ale and that was a bit too much for some people to yeah, handle. Yeah, they had a pale ale. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone else in Australia probably had just lager. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 in but the Weedy yeah. especially, they had, they didn't just have a pale ale. They didn't just have Cooper's yeah. pale ale. Yeah. They had pale ales. Yeah. And that's, that was blasphemous, yeah. it seemed. Yeah, um, yeah. It really wasn't that long ago that when you talked about pale ale, you meant Coopers. Yep. Um, and to the to the vast majority of people in Australia, you meant Coopers. Now you probably mean if you say pale ale to most drinkers, you probably mean one fifty lashes. And and what and what I was saying before, the, the legacy of Coopers, I think, will always live on in the Australian pale ale, almost in the way that we were just talking about Vermont IPAs, in terms of the haziness of it, the cloudiness of it. I think an Aussie pale ale will always. It will. I I can't imagine an Aussie pale ale ever being a clear beer. But do you reckon like the fact that we have Coopers and it's accepted in not just like the craft conscious circles, but the mainstream conscious circles as well? Um, I'm not going to let you live that one down. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean that it makes like stuff like a an Australian brewery doing like a, a East Coast style IPA not as far out there because we're used to hazy beers? Yep, I think so. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I think That's it's a good less point. Of a That's big a good deal. point. Yeah. Um, because we are because you're taught as an Aussie beer drinker, you're taught to roll the bottle, right? You, you're taught that the you know is that still a thing? People still do that. Yeah, and and actually, like rolling the bottle and even the for stone right? wood actually really helps yeah. because I've I've had a stone wood that's been like like you know standing up for a while and. You haven't rolled it 
and it's been super clear. Doesn't it say on the bottle that the you should? The glass. Does it recommend on the on a bottle of sure. that you should roll it? I'm not sure on stone wood, but on on coops, I'm fairly sure. Like, yeah. well, I mean, I remember back in the day, like you know, like if you working at a bar and you didn't roll a coopers, like they'll send it back. They'll be like, yeah. crack another one. Yeah. It's because I, I mean, I haven't seen Coopers in a bottle because I think it's just so much more on tap in mainstream venues. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone roll a. I've had someone roll a bottle of yeah. Coopers for me. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I was kind of looked at them a bit funny at the time, but then realised that yeah, you are oh. actually meant to do that. Yeah, but, but man, I, I think for yeah, growing up, like that's what you did with Coopers. You always. Oh roll man, I, for when I started yeah. working in pubs, I learnt very quickly that yeah. you, you got to roll your Coopers because yeah. like you got told off hard by oh, like, yeah. customers would like have a go at you. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, you know, it comes with again. I think it also makes it easier for pubs to deal with cloudy beer. Um, so regular pubs, they know, you know, you keep coopers upside down, you store your kegs upside down, yeah. roll a keg every couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we've. I mean, I know all of us who've worked in pubs have had to do that with with certain beers. Um, yeah. I mean, look, like I was saying, I I, I still do it with stone and wood whenever I serve it. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of sellers that have they keep the stone and woods upside down as well. Yeah. yeah. It's good but even. Um, I know, uh, like Bert at the Albert, uh, that's kept upside down because it is a, an unfiltered pale ale that does come out pretty hazy sometimes. And if we don't keep it upside down, it'll yeah. come out hazier at sometimes. And, and the craft conscious consumer will uh, be really angry. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to leave. Um, <laughs> that's what we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm moving to Germany. <laughs> Sweet, we got another year, boys. Let's roll. <laughs> Um, but in terms of your, your original point there, Liam, I think you're absolutely right. I think having having that in the mainstream, that kind of cloudy style in the mainstream, really does help with acceptance of the style. Because in the UK, real ale, if that comes out cloudy, then that's just an absolute sign of a, a fault. So, you know, you'd send that back. And I think there was that barrier for the for the London murky style that there was all of this thought. That yeah, because the, the car the scale, beer was uh, a bad you beer. know, the camera, camera drinkers and all that stuff, that was a sign of either an end of a keg or a mistreated firkin yeah. if you got cloudy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. As a quick segue. Speaking of the UK. Yeah. What are we drinking, Brad? Yeah, what did you bring? interesting is I've, I've managed to source um, a couple of bottles of Hook Norton's 12 Days. Now, this is a bit of a throwback for me. I remember absolutely loving this beer about 10 years ago, and I thought it'd be interesting to try it again now and see how my palate's developed and whether it still stands up to what I remembered knowing and loving back then. It's a, obviously a Christmas beer called 12 Days, um, kind of fruity, fruitcake-style, dark ale. Says on, strong, dark, and rich. says on the label, strong, dark, and rich, and 5.5% in the UK Ooh, that is, that's 10 years ago. That is actually strong. a pretty strong, dark, and rich for the UK. Anything over 4.5% was considered strong. I mean, even like maybe... Fair, it does taste Maybe strong, a while ago, even like maybe five years ago, that would have been pretty strong, dark, and rich for Australia. Yeah. 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 And, and just if you were to give me this beer and not tell me how like strong it was, I would probably say it is... Strong stronger than five point five. It, it does taste strong, dark, and rich. It's interesting because, like, like um, it's a really nice beer, but it has this. Yeah, it's quite a rich and toasty yep. malt backbone. But there is this, yep. like a slight wateriness to it yeah. because yeah. it's five percent. Yeah, and it's you not know, super heavy on the uh, on the mouthfeel. The mouthfeel, but, but like, like you get a lot for, of for that. Yeah, big um, big malt and toasty character for for five percent is actually really some really good aromas really coming good. from it, like mm-hmm. some figs and raisins. I think the wa- wateriness is a little bit of, about it being from the bottle as well. If you had a, a proper real ale pint of it, then I think yeah, the, the mouthfeel would, would be a lot would, would be, come yeah, through a bit a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, 
but yeah, no, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, a nitro that'd be really good. I'm pleased that I do still enjoy it. My <laughs> yeah. palate hasn't shifted that much uh, in, I think, in the last decade. You know so. what? I think this is an awesome Christmas beer to have in the Australian climate. Like on a hot day like yeah. today, well, Christmas is probably going to be another cracking hot day again this year. Um, this is a, a beer that's got those, those flavours of, of Christmas beers, but not something but that you're going to be sitting there sweating out at yeah. 11%, 11% or something like that. So, Because yeah. um, we, we have discussed in previous years what the perfect Aussie Christmas beer would be. Because it's tough. Do you go the the big, strong, rich, wintry Christmas beer? Because that's not our Christmas. You know what? Um, it was something I was going to bring up because you know, on my way here, I went to uh, a, you know, I went to Oak Barrel to, to find a beer to bring, and I was looking for an Aussie Christmas beer. And there's less now that there was than there was two years yeah, ago. It's like crazy. I was going to say, like you know, Christmas beers t- tend to be, and we've probably discussed this before, but it tends to be geared towards like super. Christmas desserty kind of styles, yeah, uh, which is fine. Like Christmas desserts are tasty, but they're usually dark and beers. Depending on how you think about it, don't suit that weather of Australia. So why don't we think about what could be making Christmas style? Yeah, like another aspect of Christmas that suits the Australian Christmas. You know what I was trying to find? You know, summer that I wanted to bring. And pretty sure we've had it on here before. Is the Michelin Rizamala? Ah, uh, yeah, Rizam Rizalamal. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Do you have to say it like that, Rizamala? That's the, when I don't remember how to yeah. pronounce it <laughs> or how it's supposed. Yeah, Rizalamal. I think yeah. is. The, I'm pretty sure we had that like at the first Christmas. Yeah, thing? and you can't. Yeah. I don't know if they still make that beer. I, yeah, I don't know. Like literally, I, I was there was literally maybe four Christmas beers in Oak Barrel that I had a choice of today. Uh, one of them was the Nugna Oak. God Jewel. Um, there's the the beer that I bought. There's another Michelin one, which we're going to crack later. Yeah. Um, and there was, I think, one more, and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, they had the the batch. Oh, like, there was yeah, a, a Chris, Brewdog Hoppy Christmas Hoppy IPA. Christmas. Yeah. Um, I but, know um, Bridge Road. I don't know if they did it again this. Oh, they, did they the did Advent brew it again this year? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But I haven't seen any bottles of the um, Fat Man Red Suit Big Sack. Nah, it's been out during the year. Yeah, but I haven't sent it out at Christmas. That's a good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you um, think it's magical Christmas unicorn? That's a good beer as well. Oh yeah, that yeah. that was. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that beer. It's weird. Like it's yeah, it was. Super, yeah. It's like it's but like a dessert. It's you know, sweet. I had it. But in, hey, actually, that would be a great Christmas. Beer. I think that's a good Christmas. I beer. had it in bottle, and it, I think it's way better on bottle than it was on tap. Oh, okay. I really yeah. didn't like it on tap. I, I enjoyed but, it on tap a lot. Yeah, so did I. And I think that's a nice one for Australian Christmas because it is. It's still a dessert. It's beer, pretty but light. It's not the, yeah, it's, it's like an ice cream figgy pudding. Yeah, one. It's like an ice cream like that. That Michelin Rizamalaya or what? Yeah, Rizalamal. Yeah, that one. Because lacto sweet lacto and sweetness is something that can work. So you can get a bit of sweetness, and you know, without having to have that big rum and raisin mm-hmm. what do you think would work then something like a hoppy porter with some spices thrown in you know to make it a bit seasonal. I'm thinking like uh, sour cherries and stuff like that well, like, I'm thinking like, like a, a what, what, what do you yeah I'm thinking a wheat beer that's yeah, kind of yeah, my yeah. what I'd say well like how about like a pavlova sour wheat oh yeah yeah uh, but aren't pavlovas from New Zealand shut up <laughs> they're not we are that's not, not talking true. about this no, no the pavlovas rabbit, are Australian that's a, that's a rabbit hole you can I'd, say for your for the uh Pavlova spin-off sessionable yeah. podcast, whatever you guys I are I think doing. there was a study recently that proved it was New Zealand. Boo. But, but no, I d- refuse to accept it. No, same. <laughs> I, Just be, sorry. You can still eat it. Like, it's all right. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still tasty. Um, I, I apologize for bringing that up and, and for being a traitor to my country. Yes. Yeah. Well, we are in early December now. There's still time for some to hit the shelves, I suppose. That's I what know. I was wondering. Is it where I'm a bit too early or... 
Well, it's December already, though, yeah. right? Are we too early? Like, I always feel... Because, like, this... I don't know. Has it been me all this year? Has all the Christmas stuff come a bit later than it usually does? I've just not been around anywhere mm, that's beer, had it. I think so. beer-wise it might have, but, like, Lee, regular Lee, stuff. Lee, who works at David Jones, is shaking his head emphatically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've I've, had their displays on since March. I've always, I've always <laughs> found that Australia's quite restrained when it comes to the build-up to Christmas, certainly in comparison to the UK and the I find it harder States. to get into Christmas when, like, people are putting out the fake snow and all that stuff, when it's ball-sweatingly yeah. hot. Like, <laughs> um, it, that, is weird. Yeah. that is weird. Yeah. Like, the years I, the two years I spent in the UK, like, you actually sort of get excited about it because it's cold and it's like yeah. it fits the stereotypical <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, like last then, year, like when I was in Germany, it was cold and it was Christmassy. And were you in Germany last? Yeah, year? I was. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Did you have any good beer? How about, like, well, okay, so <laughs> no. Now that we're talking about ball sweatingly hot weather, um, why don't we just like campaign? Like, let's just start a movement to make awesome sour beers as our Christmas style yeah. in Australia. I'll be up for that. Hashtag. Watermelon Warhead Xmas. Oh. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, like, I'd, I'd love to drink sours at Christmas time. Yeah. Because it's something like you can, you know, Christmas time is you're generally with people that you might not want to spend time with <laughs> or you want to drink a little bit more. Or maybe you're with people who just don't drink, have the same palate and beer as you. So yeah. I, I'm always designated bring beer person at Christmas time because, oh, you know about beer, you bring all the beers for Christmas. And it can be a bit of a daunting thing sometimes because... Especially there's people there, you know, that you don't quite know and you don't want to be made fun of because you bring all the hipster beers or whatever it is. Or you don't want people who have, like, drinking Forex just to drink all your good shit or whatever it is. Yeah. But I always like to bring some crazy bottles and sours and stuff like that at Christmas time. I think it kind of works with the food that we, that, yeah. like an Australian summer Chris, Christmas sort of a, a I think meal. Australian Prawns. Christmas. Yeah. 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 Australian Christmas lunches and dinners, are, it's a weird hybrid. What do you guys have, what do you guys have for, for, so, I mean, we always Christmas have prawns. Meals. prawns. Prawns is, you know. But then we also usually put a ham, like a big full-on Christmas ham with cloves and spices. But we put that on the barbie and, like, you close the barbie and, and, and do it in there. You serve it warm or serve it cold? Serve it warm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I put it on, like, in the morning and then by the time lunch is done, it's it's cooked. That's, I, what, that's what we usually do. I go, and, I I go well traditional. And... We're, we're traditional. We have roast and all the trimmings and yeah. Christmas pudding and, yeah. So, then you could have some of those bigger style beers that yeah. would probably fit with that food better, right? Yeah. yeah. Just blast the air conditioning. Don't that's open right. the doors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What do you do? I'm Filipino, so we have, like, a lot of barbecue pork. So IPAs yeah. all the way. IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I usually have, like, a lot of San Miguel... Yeah, because or, or whatever like, my uncle brings because we have it at his place usually. So, yeah, all the Sam eggs. Yeah, yeah. I guess the only downside to having sours is that Christmas Day is probably the day that you're most likely to get indigestion from loads of rich food anyway. And heartburn. Just and to top top it maybe off. maybe going down a load um, of sour beers isn't going to help. That. Um, our producer just passed me a note saying saisons are the best. Yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. I I could do saisons. Yeah, um, Chevalier saison would go. You know. Pretty awesome. And this, a lot I've been of drinking well. a lot of saisons as it's been starting to warm up, and a, yeah, bought myself to... a case of saison de pont. Oh, oh, you know, and, you oh know. look at you, mate. No, nah, like, well, no, nah, I got it at a pretty good price. And um, Mr. Crafty, nice. No, nah, it was you know something like that. You can, or Chevalier, you can get it at a pretty bloody good price. Like, but yeah, a seven fifty mil bottle of Chevalier is in the three fifties now. But um, a seven fifty mil bottle of saison de pont was like fifteen, seventeen bucks. It's pretty cheap. Um, well, okay, I was gonna because I was gonna open it up and get some recommendations for what I'm gonna bring for Christmas this year. Yeah. So, um, what do you usually eat? 
Depends which where I'm going. <laughs> so if I'm doing Sri Lankan family, it's one thing. If I'm doing the in-laws or Greek, it's another thing. Uh, this year, we're going to my brother-in-law's mum's place, and she's Chinese, and we're doing a Chinese hot pot Christmas. Ooh, yeah. So what do you what do you what do you pair with Chinese, Chinese hot pot? Hot pot Christmas. Well, it's yeah. usually pretty fatty. So some, something, something that pretty cut clean. Through it. Cut through it, like Sourpuss. yeah, something sour. Yeah, would probably go well. Um, sours and hoppies. Yeah, so yeah. sour and hoppy. Or, um, or kind of, uh, again, like I said earlier, whip beers. Like a yeah. kind of something that, that's got a yeah. bit more... Uh, I don't know if the spices will, will clash a little bit. Cause, you know, they you, could, you, yeah. Because you, the whip beers are more usually like pretty star anise and that type of, type of thing. So, yeah, sour and hoppy, Liam. Maybe, that's uh, it, yeah. Maybe the colonial IPA would be a, a good one. Man, like... Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I do get a bit snobby about. I think we all get a bit snobby about our beers, but I, I'm a firm believer. I mean, we're that all craft conscious consumers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to let it die. You're, you're, you're the one that's carrying it on. Um, but um, what I was going to say is, I'm a firm believer that there's a right occasion for every beer. Um, and you know, remember sitting in Hong Kong at some noodle market last year, and it was like you know, 45 degrees and 700 percent humidity. And smashing a long neck of Sintow in that weather was pretty bloody refreshing. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe maybe a nice rice lager is the way to go. Yeah. Buy some Sintow from me at the Royal Albert. Is it, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it the next promotion? Is it? <laughs> kidding, kidding. Um, I actually was doing um, off-flavor trainings, and um, we, we used Tiger as the base beer despite <laughs> off-flavor trainings, and it was actually pretty good. It's actually like so. I had I had like a sip of it the other day because I was like changing kegs, and it was very neutral. Like it was very bland. It was that's why it's so good in hot weather. Yeah, because it's water. It's it's sex in a canoe. I, I found another beer that is even more bland. Blander is that? I don't know what's the right. Well, even more bland. Or maximum bl- maximum, maximum blandness. So yeah, with all doing my beer studies for Cicerone in February. And so I've been going through my BJCP styles and, um, you know, starting off with the with the classics and hitting up the lagers. Coors. Has anyone tried a Coors? Yes. It's Man, so that is watery. watery. That is it's water. so watery. <laughs> it, it reminds me of Foster's. It is. It's, but you know what? If, if, you, yeah, if you wanted to spike some beers, use some bloody Coors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rigging endorsement. They'll put it on the label. If you want to, if you want to spike a beer, use some bloody Coors. <laughs> Well, Liam anyway, Pereira, I'm... Mr. Craft Beer. <laughs> For the craft conscious consumer. Um, I think we're moving on to another beer. I think Maybe. that's uh, we're just about to, yeah. yeah. Is it a beer? Um, that's a good question. It's a Radler. It's a Radler? It's a Radler. It's a Radler. It's a Radler. It's a Radler. It's a two-minute tall snake bite, which is um, a snake bite-inspired sour beer from one of our favourites, Two so Minutes So, Brad, tall. you're from the UK. Can you tell us what a snake bite is? A snake bite is half lager, half cider, with Weird. a dash of blackcurrant. There you go. Cordial. Yeah. And is drunk almost exclusively by university students. Um, when I worked... Or Australians visiting the UK. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, when I worked in hostels up the east coast yeah. of Australia, this was probably the number one drink. That All right, this particular one? Like two minutes all snake <laughs> yeah, bite? Yeah, wow. exactly. The east coast of Australia, up, up the coast, they're very craft conscious. I remember I remember when I lived in, in London and my younger brother came to visit and we were like drinking at some crappy bar 
and um, he was like getting stuck into the snake bites in his first night in London, pretty hardcore. And I remember this dude was like, "This is fucking amazing!" And then like him waking up the next day, and going, that was not fucking amazing. <laughs> they I get you fucked up. Oh, really the hangover. I, I, oh, I've never so had a, like, a night. I've tried a, like a traditional snake bite, but a night on the town in that wood, you'd, it, you'd it, pay for it next day. You do. You eat from experience. From experience, yeah. you pay yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. But there's a bit more of a story to this this beer. Who knows it? So well, you, you brought it, didn't you, Adrian? No, uh, Lee uh, brought it. Um, so Lee, tell us about this beer. Uh, no, no? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So oh, right, yeah. two minutes all brewed this beer specifically for Noma, uh, the Danish restaurant who did a residency uh, over here in Sydney at the start of the year. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like Noma didn't do just like a traditional let's do all wine with all our food they did a whole bunch of different stuff including this sour beer which is really fucking cool and they did a beer with grifter for it as well yeah landlord yeah. i think it was called the, yeah um, the like a kind of a bitter wasn't it it was a um you know what? i can't remember I, i've had the landlord yeah. and i i remember enjoying it i had it at the brewery um and it was a from what i recall a very malt driven kind of bitter style um english bitter Sure. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is really fucking good. It's really tasty. I haven't yeah. had this before. It is good. Neither yeah, yeah. have I. Just, yeah. just think I could see me drinking this on Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like nine, nine o'clock in the morning. That smells great. Yeah. Um, it it, it yeah. is. Um, and it's it's. I like. It. It's got a really good uh, funkiness at the back. Um, Sorry, I thought you said a, a fuck you-ness. Is this yeah. a funkiness? Uh, to you, Liam, it's a fuck <laughs> Um, yeah, sweet. So, just having a look at the bottle. It's distinctly two meter tall, isn't it? It is. You it's got that tell. two meters tall mm. funk, yeah, sulfuriness to it in a good way. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beer and cider blend. So it's sixty percent eighteenth month old oak barrel matured wild fermented Tasmanian apple cider. Wow. That's a mouthful. Can you still yeah. can you still get it? Yeah, I've seen that on. I saw. It, I've seen it in some bars bottle lists. Okay, I haven't seen it in bottle shops, but it, I think. Um, the Dolphin in Surrey Hills The Dolphin has will it. have it because they've got a yeah. special arrangement with Two Minute Tour. Yeah. Wow. Which is like totally random. I think it might also it's be not on the bottle list a bit of few. Yeah. It is. I, I was there But today. that's not surprising. No. Yeah, so it's eight, so 60% is that 18-month-old uh, cider that's aged in oak barrels, wild fermented. Then it's 25% of five and six-year matured wild fermented Tasmanian farmhouse ales. It's a blend, I'm assuming, of those two. And then 15% is a young, fresh, naturally soured, then dry hopped Tasmanian farmhouse. Okay. Very good. Yeah. They wasn't um, fucking around with that one, was he? <laughs> no. I mean, do you, would you fuck around for Noma? You know, yeah. you... Well, you know, because the Noma team spent about six months here researching, because it's all native ingredients. Yeah, they wanted all... everything to be local, pretty yeah. much. So basically, they actually um, got Mike Benny, who's a wine... Guru, I guess you could call it. He's a cool dude. Uh, massive proponent of the uh, natural wine yep. thing. One of the organizers and founders of Rootstock yeah, Natural yeah, Wine yeah. Festival. Yeah. So he paired up with... What's the chef's name? I want to say... It's not Matt. Renee. So him and Renee... Well, he basically took Renee around the country and worked with all the wineries and two meter tall. Because um, being a massive proponent of salvias, he's in... He, uh, so wild uh, natural wines then got into his like lambics and yeah. sour beers and places like uh, like two minute tall. So yeah, mm. so that's where that whole project came about. Yeah, yeah, awesome. We've already sort of touched on sours already a couple of times tonight, but is it worth just mentioning as a, as a, another trend that you know sours oh, 100%. in yeah, twenty sixteen so. have really taken? It wasn't so long ago that two minute tall was about the only sour you could get in Australia. Well, um, I had a chat to Ash uh, earlier this week. He was up in Sydney. 
Um, and he was saying, yeah, you know, he was trying to sell sour beer before sour beer was a thing, you know, in, in Australia at least. Um, I think I told you guys a story of being at a beer festival I know many, I've heard many it. moons yeah. ago. And there was a mm. wine company that was serving two minute tools and the lady didn't want to sell me any because she's like, oh, I don't know, everyone tells me this beer's off. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to throw the rest of it out. And yeah, serving <laughs> two minute tools. <laughs> and here we are now where most breweries are experimenting in sours now. You know, so many of them, particularly around Sydney. Yeah. You know, there's, there's gozers popping, popping up all over the place and... Berliner Weiss yeah, and, and all sorts, yeah. So, you know, it really seems to have taken off even in the last six months. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, totally. And the more the better, but, you know, not many people have the depth that Two Minute Tools. No, no. Two Minute Tools. I mean, because, again... And that comes with time as well and experience. That's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, sure. Speaking of cider, um, I'm just going to make a confession that I've been drinking a lot of fucking cider. Yeah, Adrian, we know. Um, recently. Ever since, ever since Craft Beer Week, is just pretty much a lot of... Fucking I was going to actually bring a really nice cider today instead of a beer, but um, I mean, no, yeah. I mean, don't think anybody. Maybe we should do a um a session apple again, a cider revisit. <laughs> maybe, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it went really well the like, first well, time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like you know, joking aside, uh, joking, the, the, joking cider, cider. the cider scene <laughs> in, in Australia. I didn't hear that. Joking a cider. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Too late. Joking Sorry, a, you, joking you were... aside, um, <laughs> the 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 cider scene has actually you know grown maybe even as much if not more than uh, the craft beer scene recently. Craft cider is th- yeah, I don't like that term, but I think yeah. it's now a thing. I and think it's a thing. Like um, it's kind of like less sweet cider, um, fewer more, fewer preservatives, um, more kind of actual made with with. Cider, cider apples, apples yeah. yeah. Um, I more Tom, farmhouse flavors. Yeah. When we went to Port Macquarie, I think we mentioned on the on the podcast of so people will come up. Well, do you have a cider? Yeah. It's like, is it a drier or a sweeter cider? Like, oh, sorry, it's a drier cider. Oh, cool. That's what I want. Like, yeah. yeah. Generally, like, yeah. People are looking for it. And- I, I love when people like come to like. So we have at the moment we we still have that beer farm cider that we had during craft yeah, really, beer week, the Western cider, which, which is, is really, really good. Really and nice it, I, I say it's semi dry, and sometimes people go, "Oh, I want really dry." So I was like. We have the Willie Smith's Bone Dry. It's very fucking dry. <laughs> like, it's bone it, fucking it's dry. It's very fucking dry. And they're like, yeah, 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 I want that. And they have it, and they're like, my God, that's so fucking dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's in their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that is, that takes... It, I remember finding it difficult to picture what dry tasted like. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you say dry, because, I don't know, growing up, it was like dry was to his extra dry or Han super dry, and they're not dry. They don't, they don't actually taste dry. But, like, so I'm like... Okay, there's dry. There's what is it? And then with wine, I had a few that were dry wines. I'm kind of like, okay. And then um, if you want to know what dry tastes like, Willie what, Smith's bone dry. Yeah. I think the so my analogy that I give to people who don't know what dry is is like you know those sour like gummy worms. Imagine all the sour powdery stuff just reconstituted in water, and then drink that, yeah. and then you know what really uh, dry it, is. It once you take a sip and you have less liquid in you yeah. than when you took the when, when before that, you took. That, the that's sip. how you say it. it's that's like. like if you have this, you will need water. Yeah, because afterwards. it is. You will. You will. It is dry. Like it is. You will. You will take I'm a sip. Thirsty just to like just talking about it. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is was, a really good beer. It, uh, uh, it, cider, sorry, yeah. cider, really good cider. <laughs> um, uh, and also, we're starting to get some awesome, awesome sour, uh, sour or dry ciders imported into the country now. 
Like I haven't you, tried many of the imported stuff. There's uh, there's always been some pretty decent French ones around, but there's mm. now some Spanish ciders and stuff Ooh, like I'm, that I'm, coming I'm, in. They're maybe not we should cheap, do a cider but, um, episode. Man, I'm, I'm if you guys want to chuck in a kitty, like there's some yeah, pretty good stuff it. out let's nowadays. Let's do it. Um, Sessionable. So you're probably wondering why that ended so abruptly. It's because <laughs> we ran out of space on our SD card. But never fear, there is a part two of that recording, and it will be out next week, just before Christmas, so keep an eye out for that. But that's it for now. That's part one done. Thank you again to Days Brewery Tours for sponsoring the show, and um, we will see you next time.